Dab like he dab. That's all right. I, that's what I have to do. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'll be reading out of the book of Haggai. I'll be reading out of the Living Translation. And I'm going to read verses 1 through, one through 8. Haggai chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. When you have it, say amen. amen. A message from the Lord to Haggai the prophet who delivered it to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest. For it was addressed to them. In late August of the second year of the reign of King Darius I, why is everyone saying it is not the right time for rebuilding my temple? Asked the Lord. His reply to them was this. It, is it then the right time for you to live in luxurious homes when the temple lies in ruins? Look at the result. You plant much, but harvest little. I'm just going to stop right here for just for a second and, and say this. There's a lot of people who are wondering, what's going on in my life? And right here, we, there's a word from the Lord that says that you plant much, but you harvest little. Mm. You have scarcely enough to eat or drink and not enough clothes to keep warm. Your income disappears as though you were putting it into pockets filled with holes. Think it over, says the Lord. You know, God always gives us a way out. Think it over, says the Lord of hosts. Consider how you have acted and what has happened as a result. Then go up. Somebody say go up. Then go up into the mountains and bring down the timber. Rebuild my temple and I will be pleased with it and appear there in my glory, says the Lord. I want to use it as a word tonight, elevate the standard. Elevate the standard. Father, we thank you and give you praise for this opportunity. I pray, Lord, that you would allow the words that you have given unto me to, um, to be etched in my memory, God, that I might be able to speak to your people. And God, I pray that you allow us to receive what you have for us on tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you take your seat, just whisper the words, elevate the standard. A standard is a measurement. It's, it's a measurement that, that equates quantity or quality. It's a measurement. To elevate means to lift, to raise, or to increase. When we begin to increase the standard, what God, God is saying, I want you to increase the standard because he does not want his church to, to decline. He says, elevate the standard. Keep the standards high. As a matter of fact, we have a standard bearer. His name is Jesus. The Bible says we call him Jehovah Nisi. The word says that he is my banner. And what Jesus said in his word, he said, if I be lifted. Can y'all help me tonight? He said, if I be lifted. We're talking about elevating the standard, raising the standard. And Jesus said, if I be lifted, watch this. He said, then I can draw all men to me. The standard message usually at the beginning of the year is, is usually centered on what God is going to do for us. What is God going to do? What, how, what is he going to release for us? And how is God going to bless us? And pretty much at the beginning of the year, we have made that a standard. 
We try to tell the people that God's going to bless, that God's going to make a way, God's going to open doors. But I often wonder if the standard of the church has been decreased because of that particular word. Because the emphasis is mainly on what is God going to do, but there's little emphasis on what my responsibility is. Can, can I get some help tonight? There's little uh, emphasis on what I am supposed to do, but we want to put everything on God. Look at your neighbor, tell them that you are a co-laborer with God. That means you got work to do. You got work to do. All of us in the house to God, it's not just on the, on the bishop or the apostle. It's not just on him or the first lady. It's not just on the ministers of the house of God, but everybody has a responsibility. The church gets pumped up. We get excited and we shout when we hear that this is your season. I, I bet you if I begin to speak that word tonight and tell somebody and prophesy tonight that this is your season, you can hardly contain yourself. Can I, can I get a witness in the house tonight? You know how some folk tell you, the prophets tell you, you get in this particular line, I got something for you. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, we get in the $40 line, the $50 line, the $80 line, the $100 line. See, we do all these things because we have an expectation of God. But what is your expectation? What is God's expectation of us? So sometimes I believe that we kind of belittle the message of God because we fail to tell the people the right thing in order for them to be blessed. Mm. We, are, we hear that God's going to do a mighty work in you. God is going to do a new thing. God is going to restore everything that has been destroyed. Y'all heard that before, am I right? And God is actually, can I help you tonight? He's actually giving us that same message right now. He's actually giving it, us to, giving it to us right now. But anytime, watch this, anytime God takes away, he always has a way of telling you, I'm going to add or multiply. Yeah. He always tells us, anytime, I don't care what God takes away, it's always a message of increase. Every time God takes, he says, I take something away, he always has a way of coming back, and it's always a message of increase. God is an increasing God. God is not one who takes from you, but he's one that says, I want to put something in your hand. Anybody in the house tonight realize that God wants you blessed? This is a new season. This, this is a new season. God does want to restore you. He does want to bless you. But the emphasis is not on whether restoration will come. The emphasis is how do we cause restoration to come? The emphasis is how are we going to get the manifestation of God in this season? How are we going to do it? How do you do it? Somebody shout, elevate the standard. Jesus is the standard bearer, Jehovah Nisi. He said, if I be lifted. So if things remain the same, there will be no increase. If things remain the same in your house, there will be no increase. If the love level is the same, hallelujah. Watch this. The church has a way of either decreasing or in increasing the standard. If there is no love, then how can it increase? If, if we remain the same, how can it increase? If I don't push in order to get something done, how can it increase? That means we got to keep our relationship with God intact. We have to keep our ministry strong. In, in the book of Joel, God said, return to me and give me your heart. He said that because he had prophesied. Watch this. God himself prophesied. And he said, I'm going to bring a drought to Israel. He, he, he told the people ahead of time that you're going into captivity. And he kept trying to tell them how to prevent it. 
But just like t- t- today, we, we sometimes we just don't like to listen. He said in his word, he said, I prophesy that there's a drought coming to Israel. Chewing locusts, consuming locusts will destroy the crops. Your cattle will starve to death. If your cattle starves and there is no, 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 no food out in the, in the gardens or in the farms, then how can you eat? That means if the cattle starves, that means people will starve. Am, am, I, am I talking tonight? It's the same way right now. It is no difference. It's the same way right now. But God said, I'm bringing a, a drought because the people had lowered the standard. Their love for God and their worship had declined. I think we can see that in the house of God. I don't care what the, the, I'm talking about the house. I'm not talking about necessarily this house. I'm talking about the house of God. There's a decline in the house. There's a decline in the prayer service. There's a decline in the giving. There's a decline in the love. Somebody say amen. In other words, the standards are getting lower. The standards are getting lower in the house of God. There was a time, one time, when you could hardly stand it because the worship was so awesome and people were walking wall to wall. But what has happened, what has happened over the past couple of years, the enemy has creeped in. Say amen if you can. He prophesied the drought, but then he also prophesied restoration when they turned back to him. In in the book of uh, Joel chapter 2 verse 12. Thank you, sir. In Joel chapter 2, verse 12, the word says, that is why the Lord says, turn to me now while there is time. You know your God is awesome. The Bible says he does not want anybody to perish. Watch what he says. He says, turn to me now while there is time. Give me all your heart. Give me all of your hearts. Come with fasting and weeping and and mourning. I heard Bishop talking about fasting a few minutes ago. What are we fasting for? What is the reason why we fast? If we want the strength of God, he says, turn to me now while your heart is ready. Turn to me now. And he says, come with fasting and weeping and mourning. Let your remorse tear at your hearts, not your garment. He said, "What's what's the point in you tearing your clothes up when your heart's not messed up? What's the point in you tearing up your clothes? The word said we sit sometimes in the Old Testament. We sit in sackcloth and ashes and we tear our clothes as a sign. But God said, I don't want that sign. I want the sign in your heart. I want your heart to be torn, not your clothes. What am I going to get out of you tearing your clothes up? But I'm looking at the heart. Somebody say the heart. He said, tear your heart, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful, he is not easily angered, he is full of kindness and anxious not to punish you. Oh God. See, some people always look at God as if he's a, a punishing God. But but God will punish, but but he is not a punishing God. He is one who tells you that I want to increase you. I want you to have more. Hallelujah. Somebody say more. That, that's God's way. He, he wants you to have more. He wants you to increase. Somebody shout increase. Now, I wish I had somebody to say elevate the standard. In the book of Haggai, God spoke to Israel and said, I want to bless you. Watch this. He said, I want to bless you, but I won't. Because your service has declined. Your sacrifice is wrong. In Haggai chapter 2, looking at verse number 14. Haggai chapter 2 verse 14. Haggai then 
made his meaning clear. And look what he said. This, this kind of tickled me when I read it. He said, you people. Now, I ain't talking about nobody in here. I told y'all I'm looking for mature people. I don't want nobody to be taking off your shoes and throwing your stuff up here. But see, because if you, if you take your shoes off, that means you're throwing, you're throwing that stuff at God. It ain't me. Say, I, I, amen, amen, amen. He, he said, you people. He said, speaking, to the, speaking for the Lord. Now, look at that. Speaking for the Lord. We're contaminating your sacrifices by living with selfish attitudes. I heard, I heard Bishop say that we want our hearts to be right when we fast. I heard Bishop say that, that while we're going through this, this conv- convocation, uh, we, we, want, we want to enter in, into it with a, a powerful way so that God can move some things. But if our attitudes are not right, you know, you know what's worse than a Christian they got a bad attitude. I don't know of anything that's worse than a Christian with a bad attitude. And as good as God has been to some of us, we ought not have an attitude like that. Y'all might as well say amen. You know, some, some folk in the house of God can be so nasty and angry and cantankerous and you can't talk to him. Y'all, 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 y'all praying with me, right? We can't talk. Y'all know folk like that. I didn't say they were in here, but I said y'all know folk like that. Yeah. God said, change your attitude. He said in his word, he said, you people, you're living with selfish attitudes and evil hearts. You know, when we don't follow the word of God, God, call, God calls us evil. Every time we disobey God, he says you're evil. Can y'all give me a wave and let me know I'm all right? All right, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I just want, I just want to know. I just want to know. Amen. He said you got selfish attitudes, evil hearts. Not only your sacrifices, but watch this. It, you know, God calls us to sacrifice. Did you know that? He calls us to sacrifice. Watch this, watch this. This hit me in such a way. When, when Mary and Joseph had to go to Bethlehem, when it was time for Jesus to be delivered, the Bible said, watch, first of all, they didn't have any money to go to the inn. But Joseph had just enough money to, set, to buy two pigeons or turtle doves in order to sacrifice for sin. God calls us to sacrifice. But I wonder why it is in the church that, that, that we don't want to do what the Lord tells us to do. I wonder why we do what we want to do when we want to do it. Oh, God, I'm, 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 I'm telling, I'm, you know, isn't it, isn't it kind of tough? Don't you sometimes get a little bit sick when somebody got to keep telling somebody in the house of God, why don't y'all praise the Lord, everybody? Come on, let's praise. Come on, put, lift your hands up and let's give God some glory. If God has been good to you, nobody ought to have to tell you anything. You ought to be like this sister right here who began to rear back and say, God is good. Somebody watch this, watch this. We ought to be just like shouting John, coming in the house of God every day. Somebody got to sit you down because John said, God has been good to me. And I don't care what anybody says, I got to bless him. You can sit me down if you want to, I'm going to jump back up. If you put me down, I'm going to still get back up. And I'm still going to give God praise. You know what I was kind of looking for? I was looking for somebody to jump up right then, but ain't nobody move. You know, we got to learn how to give God praise in the house of God. If God has been good to you, you ought to tell somebody. You ought to let it be known. 
He said folk in the house of God got bad attitudes. Y'all might well say amen. And watch this, what he says. He said, your, your, your sacrifice was wrong, but everything else that you did as a service to me, and so everything you did went wrong. Pockets. Put money in your pocket. You ever had a hole in your pocket? And you put something in your pocket and you thought it was there. After a while, you saw, feel something run down your leg. Yo. See, ladies, y'all might not have that. <laughs> that situa- situation. But, but, but I, I done had pants that were so old. Hole was in the pocket. Put my keys in the pocket. Keys run down my leg. Then I checked my other pocket. Got a hole over there, too. Yo. But that's what God said. He said, you put money in your pockets, they got holes in them. And you think you had something. But I, I heard what God said. Watch what God said. I'm, I think I'm going to get to it in a, in a minute. But God said, I blew it away. Have you ever been in a situation where you thought you had some money? You know how when you first got paid, remember, remember back in the day, I ain't telling our age, Bishop. Remember back in the day, and I know somebody, see, Bishop might not can attest to this, but I can. You know when you got your check, cash, or your check, then you had to go to the liquor store to cash it. I know it's somebody in here. I know. I know it's somebody in here. You went to the liquor store to cash it, and then you know what? You, 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 you don't know exactly what you did or what you bought or whatever, but you got home. Everything was fine till you got home. I used to get home sometime, had, I thought I had some money to give to my wife, and I'm walking around fiddling, talking about. Now, now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. I know I had something. You know what God said? He said, because of your attitude and because you don't like to follow me, he said, I blew it away. He said, I'm not going to watch this. See, God, God, God wants to give to us. But God can't bless us the way he wants to bless us because we don't follow like we're supposed to follow. Oh, hallelujah, I'm talking tonight. I've come to understand it. I've come to understand it that God wants you blessed, but he can't bless you the way he wants to bless you. Look at, look at uh, chapter 1, Haggai, verse 9. I don't know how good this is to you, but it's all right to me. Verse 9, you hope for much, but you get so little. That ought to, hang, that ought to just mess up somebody right there. Because a lot of people got a lot of hope. But we don't get what we hope for. So you hope for much, but you get so little. And when you bring it home, I blow it away. It doesn't last at all. You know what? My, my, my wife, my late wife, this was the funniest thing to me. We had a refrigerator that... It was old. It's about 20-some years old, maybe older. I don't know how old the thing was. But it started making a noise. You know, you walk past it, you go, and I'm, I'm sitting there looking at it, like, what the heck is And one day, my wife just walked in and said, I'm tired of that. In the name of Jesus, you will not cut off. We don't have any money to buy a new. And she walked away. Now, after a while, you still hear that thing go, but every time I opened it up, it was still cold. 
What God says is I'll make your clothes last longer. Didn't he tell the Israelites, he said your shoes didn't wear out. I'm talking to somebody right now. Somebody's wearing a pair of shoes that you've been wearing for a long, long time. And God said, I won't let your shoes wear out. I won't let your clothes wear out. He said, but watch this. When we don't, when we don't pray to God and glorify God like we should, he said, I will blow your money away. I cause everything to happen. You ever had a situation? I, this was so funny to me. I, 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 was, I was blessed to, to have one car. Then I was blessed to get another one. And then I was blessed to get a motorcycle. And, and I was saying, you know what? No matter what, uh, I always have a way to get to work. And then one day, I walked outside, and none of them cranked. God said, I'll blow your money away. God said, if you don't want to give it to me, watch this. This is the bad part about tithing. See, when we don't tithe with a, with a gracious heart, what God says is, you ain't going to spend it. You might not give it to me, but you're not going to spend it. Hello, somebody. Oh, I know. See, that touched a nerve because couldn't nobody say nothing. <laughs> People got real quiet right then. Somebody say amen. amen. But God said, I want you to t-. watch what he says. He said, your only concern is you. Your only concern is your own. Your only concern is your house. That's why I'm holding back the rain. He said, I'm holding back the rains from heaven and giving you such scant crops. See, see God still blesses. He don't want to see anybody messed up. But he said, I'm giving you scant crops. Well, you should have had an abundance. He says, I'm giving you scant crops. In fact, I have called for a drought upon the land. Yes, and in the highlands too. A drought to wither the, the grain, the grapes, the olives, and all your other crops. A drought to starve both you and all your cattle and ruin everything that you worked so hard to get. See, a lot of us, we play with God a little bit too much. And the first thing we say is, God, God knows. Oh, God, God know my condition. He, he know my heart. Yeah, he does. He know you stingy. Bishop said, I can say it. I, I'm going to leave here in a few minutes. He, amen. He, 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 said, he said, I know your heart. I, I know you're not going to give what I've given to you. I know you're not. God knows my heart. That's a, just a good way of saying I'm trying to get by. But you know what? You know what? One day, you know what? One day, I, I come to realize death is coming, and then after death comes, there's gonna be judgment. And, and watch this. And 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 when and if we don't make our way, and watch the saints of God, you're being judged right now. And wouldn't it be awful? I heard this, someone sent me this thing on my phone and it said this guy had a dream and while he was in heaven, he, he was walking, he was standing in a long line and he kept hearing and he kept saw them, they move up, but he kept hearing, depart from me. Every time they move up, depart from me. Then somebody else, depart from me. And he said he got so scared he couldn't move. Can you imagine that this is your last opportunity, but we still fail to give God the glory? 
we still fail to do what God has told us to do. And watch this. Our hair's getting a little bit grayer. Y'all ain't talking back to me. Amen. We, we're getting a little bit heavier. Y'all ain't talking back to me. We, our, our health is not like it used to be. Y'all ain't talking back to me. And see, that is an indication that time is running out. So we better, we better make sure that we got, I heard somebody say, make sure that you got your, what is it, your, uh, you, they'll get your business right. Restoration is God's promise, but it's our responsibility. Restoration is God's promise, but it's our responsibility. If I'm going to get restoration, I got to cause restoration to come. I got to learn how to give God the glory, even when I don't feel like giving him glory. If we want the restoration, if we want the blessing, it is our responsibility. God says, I want this house to be a house of glory. This house. And it's not just dependent upon the bishop or the first lady. If you come to this house, if we come to this house, whoever comes here, it is our responsibility to ensure that the glory comes. Hallelujah. In Haggai chapter 2, look at verse 6. Verse 6, verse 6. When you, when you get that, say amen. Verse 6, let me get it. I'm in the room. Verse 6. He said, you plant much, but look at the res Well, I'm sorry. You plant much, but you harvest little. You have scarcely enough to eat or drink. I'm in the wrong place. Chapter 2, verse 6. I get that. Oh, here it is. There it is. You know, every now and then, I have a tendency to make a mistake. You know how much I care? I just say, Lord, I made a mistake. <laughs> Driving on. Amen. In verse 6 it says, For the Lord of hosts says, In just a little while, I will begin to shake the heavens and the earth, and the oceans too, and dry land. I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come to this temple. I need to say that again. For the Lord of hosts says, In just a little while, I will begin to shake the heavens and the earth. And the oceans too. And dry land. I will shake all nations. And the desire of all nations shall come to this temple. Mm. If we start looking around outside, you see that there are tsunamis. Earthquakes. Fires. That are out of control. These storms are getting worse. And worse and worse. Watch what he says. He says, I'm shaking up the nation. If you think that God's not already doing this, it's already being done. He says, I'm shaking up the nation. He said, but I want glory in my house because they got to have somewhere to come. They have to have a place of safety. They got to have a place where the glory dwells, where they can begin to say, you know, I can run from that. Where am I going to run? I'm going to the temple of God. I'm going into the house of God because I know that God will make a way for me. Ain't nothing out here. Watch this. But see, watch this. If the house ain't ready, how are they going to come? If the house is not ready, how can they escape? Oh, we call ourselves Christians, but can you pray for somebody? Do, do you mind holding somebody's hand? I, went, I, was, I, was in, I was in Jamaica, and I went to a church. My wife and I, you know, we go on vacation. We try to find a church somewhere. Went to Jamaica 
and we were in this just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful church. We walked in, and they ushered us down front, went down front, and we sat there. And as we were sitting there and the service was going on, there was a, a guy that came in. He, this boy was dilapidated. This boy was so, he wasn't, I don't think he was drunk. He was, I don't know what he was. But he, he, was, he was walking like this, and you could tell just by looking at him. He didn't smell too good. And he was trying to, the thing about it is simple. He was trying to make it to where the glory was. He was walking down. He was trying to get there. He was, he'd take one step and he sideways and, and the preacher met him halfway, wrapped his arms around him and said, you don't have to worry about anything. I'll walk down here with you. Can you walk with somebody like that? Can, can you look at somebody in their condition and not worry about how they smell or how they look? Can you pray with them and tell them everything's going to be all right? God said, I need a place whereby glory dwells. I heard a song that says when the glory comes can you stand it when the glory comes can, do you think you could stand it when the glory comes do you think it that you could stand it when when you're standing in the midst of his glory God said I want my house to be built up because the future splendor of this temple will be greater than the last temple which means this year, God said, I want to make it better than it was when it first started. I, I need a place where my glory is because people are, are, are running. They, they are running. They're scared. They don't know where to go. They don't know who to turn to. But can they turn to you? Are, are you elevating the standard? Do, do you mind talking to somebody and says the Lord will make a way for you? Do, do you mind? Or, or do you always call the bishop? God says, I want this house. We are co-laborers. Nehemiah was a co-laborer. And the Bible says he rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. And the first thing he did was he prayed. And look at what he did when he prayed. He said, Lord, it was us that made a mistake. Now, Nehemiah wasn't, wasn't there, but he said, as a people, we have made a mistake. And God called upon him and said, I want you to rebuild the walls. Say rebuild. Nehemiah went to rebuild the walls. The first thing he did, he surveyed the city. We got to look around and we got to see what the problem is. And we, as we look at the problem, how are we going to fix it? He surveyed the city and then he spoke to the people. He called an assembly like they did in Joel. In the book of Joel, they called a sacred assembly, said, everybody come here. Everybody come. He says, if you just got married, you still got to come. If you're a little baby, you still got to come. If you're old, you got to come. If you're a woman, you got to come. If you're a man, you got to come. He called for a sacred assembly and told the men of God and the women of God, pray, weep before the porches. The Bible says he called them together. That's what he did. That's what Nehemiah did. He called an assembly and he spoke to them and said, do you see the condition of the church? I, I, told, I told the people in my church, um, or the church that I pastor, it ain't my church, but I told the people that, that come in, I said, can I just say it? One, one, one day I just got mad. When I drove up on the, 
on the, on the lot. Grass wasn't cut. So, right, I got mad. I didn't say anything because, so when I get mad, I, I try to be quiet because good things don't always come. Yeah. So I walked in the house and I looked, then I saw a door, a door knob that was broke. And I got mad. <laughs> and, and so I, I walked away. I saw a few other things. You know, I, I saw some spots on the wall. I said, you know, you know, you know this, do I have to always be the one to say something? So I was, I was trying to teach, but it was on my mind. And I said, let me, I just want to ask a question. Am I the only one that can see it here? Do I have to tell you everything? Ain't you a minister? Aren't you a deacon? You a, you a trustee? And I got a doorknob hanging off? A few nights ago, a few nights ago, a few nights ago during watch night service, I got mad again. Yeah. I'm just being honest. If I can't, now see y'all said y'all saints of God, if I can't talk to y'all, ain't no need me saying nothing. So I was sitting there and I was, as I was talking and, and, I, and I said, you know, Y'all don't understand, and I said a few of those things, and then I said, if, you know, I try to get, I got to call the exterminator. I said, and it was a young man in the, in the sanctuary, and I said, young man, if an ant crawled up your leg and bit you, who would you look at to fix the problem? Or who would you blame? And that ain't funny, y'all. <laughs> it really ain't funny. These leaders got enough on them. I walked in, see, the reason I was mad because I walked in, I ain't had no praise and worship team. Everybody went out to look at the balloons or something. The floats or the, the what do you call them? The, the fire, fireworks. Fireworks. Everybody was gone. I, I walk in there, I'm, I'm saying, gee, where's? Don't they understand? And, and that's the way, that's, and we want God to bless that. And then one of them had the nerve to call me or, or send a text to me the next day and say, Happy New Year. I used to cuss back in the day. He know. He, I was rough. I was, I was a rough little fella. <laughs> see, you see, it, it, ain't, it ain't the fact that we couldn't really get together. He knew to stay away from me. Because <laughs> I, I wasn't no good. I, I mean, I was pretty good, but I wasn't no good. You know, 
I was a cuss. I ain't care. And, and, then, and then one day, God, my paths crossed again later on, and, and I thank God because, I mean, he helps me. So I'm going to wrap this up. The Bible says that Elisha, excuse me, Nehemiah was telling the people, don't you see what's going on? And, and, and he, he caused them to get excited. And they began to say, let's rise up and build. They began to say, listen, we don't have to all, we, we can get together and we can make it work. Let's rise up and, and let's build this place. God is saying, I want the standard to be raised. He's saying, don't just keep things mediocre. If you're going to be mediocre, anybody can be mediocre. But God said, I don't want you to be mediocre. Do you want a mediocre blessing? I, I just want to know. I want to know if, if you're lying in your, on, your, on your hospital bed and you're expecting God to come into your room, do you want God to give you a little blessing, a, a mediocre blessing? No, you, wanna, you want him to give you the best he got. When I go to the doctors down there, I'll, I'll tell them in a minute, look here, don't send me to some half quack or something. You send me to the best you got. I got the money and I got the insurance. Don't send me to somebody who don't know what they're doing. I want the best. And anytime you want God to come in your room, you want God to give you the best. Why can we not give him the best? He said, Are you, the, you mean to tell me that you'll let my house be in ruins? While your house is glamorous. He said it don't make any sense. So Nehemiah began to, the, the people said let's rise up. Eliashib rebuilt the sheep gate. Zachor rebuilt the fish gate. The people of Gibeon rebuilt the broad wall. Malchijah rebuilt the furnace tower. The people of Zanoah rebuilt the valley gate. But there were men of Tekoa who were lazy and didn't help. But Nehemiah and the people overlooked them. Sometimes there's some folks you got to overlook. There's some folks you got to overlook. Otherwise, you'll have a heart attack. I've already told everybody, y'all ain't killing me. I'm going to tell you that right now. If I get mad, I just got to be quiet, walk over in the corner somewhere. But y'all rascals ain't going to kill me. I'm telling you right now. And I told them, I said, and one day, watch what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do this. One day, I'm I'm y'all going to walk in church, and y'all going to be sitting down. And y'all going to be looking around. Where, where the bishop at? <laughs> I'm gonna be down at the beach with my foot in the sand. I ain't gonna. I'm gonna do just like they do. I ain't gonna tell nobody nothing. Here you come running in here, you about to want to give God some glory. And, and you, got all, you got everything, all right, and, and here the one that they tell you, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you do all this stuff in ministry. Okay, but just as soon as one of those special nights come, ain't nobody here to show up. And here I'm talking about, okay, where the songs at? Well, I, I, I meant to tell you, but uh, I don't think I'm going to be there tonight because got mad again. And I, I said, you know what, this is ridiculous. So now watch what, watch this, watch this, watch this. Come Sunday morning. Come Sunday morning. I'm sitting them all down. Y'all, y'all sit. 
What, what you supposed to be doing? Sit down right there. You sit there. You sit, sit beside her. Let him sit beside you. All y'all sit right there on the front row. I had to do praise and worship by myself on New Year's Eve. I'm going to do praise and worship by myself this morning. Y'all don't like it? If I got to do it on special occasions, I might well do it all the time. That way I ain't got to worry about you. Y'all think I ain't going to do it? Sometimes I got to overlook some people. Ain't nobody going to give me no heart attack for that, that craziness. It ain't going to happen. But the word said in his last word, I want you got to see this. Well, you already saw it. He said in his word, he said, I, I want to build because this is the place where I want my glory. Why? And here's the last point. God released them from captivity in order to build a house. And then they come to the place, now that they're free, just like that leper, the lepers, nine of them, that wouldn't give God the glory when he, when he healed their body. He said, now, didn't I heal ten of y'all? You're the only one, and you're not even a Christian. You're not even in Bible study or Sunday school or all that kind of stuff that most of our Christians don't go to. But you came back and you gave me some glory. Yeah, I said that because a lot of our Christians, yeah, I mean, oh, Sunday school, can't tell me nothing about it. That's a sad thing. It's sad. But he said, I want this a place to be where my glory dwells because somebody's going to need me. And I love what God says, and I'm going to quit. He says, judgment is going to begin right here. It ain't going to be out there. Trump, Trump ain't going to be judged first. Trump's an idiot. He ain't, ain't got to worry about him. Judgment is going to begin at the house of God. He had the only, only fools sitting up there while they were, while they were all, all, all of them together and it was singing, saying the Apostles' Creed. He the only one got his lips shut. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the, the maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He the only one got his mouth shut. He ain't a Christian. Judgment going to begin with the Christians. It's time to get the house in order. It's time to elevate the standard. Don't let your house decline. Amen.